Today we're talking about the Kumar Daban, which is essentially the cousin of the Diet Love Pass incident. The Diet Love Pass incident, I wax lyrical, I've already said this. It's one of my favorite stories to tell and retell and keep telling forever and ever. The Kumar Daban is, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it properly, but it, that's what it sounds like. So formerly Soviet Russia can be a pretty mysterious place. If you've been to the spooky side of YouTube or Reddit, you've probably heard of the Dyatlov Pass incident where nine experienced hikers died mysteriously in the Russian Ural Mountains. This case has been spoken about so many times that it's not worth repeating again. I'm just not going to repeat it again because I actually want to tell it. So I want to make sure that chums are around to hear it. There is another very similar case that's not so well known. The Dyatlov incident was not the only mysterious hiker death to grace Soviet Siberia. The Kamar Daban, also called Hamar Daban or Shamar Daban mountain range, is in southern Siberia's Buryatia region. Perched below Lake Baikal, its rugged scenery has made it a popular tourist hiking spot. But in 1993, six of those tourists would not make it out of those mountains alive. There are a few answers in this case, and the lone survivor has refused to talk about the traumatic experience ever since her first statement to police in 1993. There are so many pieces to the puzzle that is Buryatchas Dyatlov Pass, many of which were not considered relevant or trustworthy. Let's delve into this one. The timeline for this situation begins with 41-year-old Lyudmila Korovina, who was an experienced hiking instructor and survivalist labeled as a master by her peers and students. She was known for her tough love on her students, often pushing them very hard. This tough love ultimately paid off, however, as her students described her as being a good teacher that taught them confidence and crucial hiking skills. In the summer of 1993, Lyudmila had planned a hike with six of her students to the Kamar Daban mountain range. She was very experienced in the area which was a popular tourist spot and considered a very safe place to hike, especially in the summer. Her students had trained with her for the trip, and she was very close to all of them. The first of the six and the closest to Lyudmila was 23-year-old Alexander Kryson. Lyudmila had known Sasha for most of his life. They called So they called Alexander Kryson Sasha as well. Lyudmila had known Sasha for most of his life and considered him to be almost a son to her. The other five students were 24-year-old Tatiana, 19-year-old Dennis, 17-year-old Valentina, and 16-year-old Victoria, as well as 15-year-old Timur. On August 2nd, 1993, the group of seven arrived at the mountain range in the town of Marino, excited for their journey into the mountains. The weather forecast promised them clear skies. Lyudmila and her students were one of three hiking groups in the area, one of which was being led by Ludmilla's daughter, Natalia. Their two groups had plans to meet up on August 5th when their hiking routes would cross paths. All of the six students were ready to begin their hike and this was their chance to prove themselves as experienced hikers. I guess back in the like 1993 in Soviet Russia, they like was fuck all to do. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do? I'm going to go outside, bro. I can't even play fucking Tetris. I'm going outside. This was a journey they'd been planning for and anticipating over months. And as a result, the group had become quite close. The first few days of the hike went better than planned. The group made extremely good time up the Retransliator Peak, pushing themselves hard. By August 4th, however, as they were beginning their descent, the weather forecast proved to have been wrong, and they were hit with a rainstorm. 
With the hiker's supplies soaked, their journey was slowed down by the added weight. Since the hikers were exhausted, Ludmilla decided to camp out hastily in an exposed location, despite there being tree cover not far away. The group was unable to build a fire that night, but were still in good spirits. The next morning, an attempt to build a fire was successful, and they ate breakfast together before heading out for the day. They, and they meet, their groups were supposed to meet. And the, the route that they were going is like, it's, it's like a like a horseshoe almost, like a U. It was a U-shaped vibe that they were going on. And they were going to, as you get to the middle of the horseshoe, like that's where they were supposed to meet. And then that's where they sort of got hit with the thing. And it was right there, right there. The next morning, an attempt at fire building was successful. And they ate breakfast together before heading out for the day. They planned to meet up with Natalia and expected to be able to do so, given how quickly they had made their way up the mountain the previous day. Later that day, Natalia and her group made it to the meeting spot, but her mother never showed. The group moved on, and she was not worried about her mother, assuming that the bad weather had put her back. Unfortunately, what had set the group back was much worse than she could ever imagine. On August 10th, a group of kayakers noticed something on the tree line as they were paddling down a river at the base of the Kamar Daban Mountains. A lone girl was standing and looking at them. The kayakers got out of their boats, and when they approached her, some sources claimed she was covered in dry blood. The girl became hysterical, trying to tell the kayakers her story. Eventually, she identified herself as Valentina and said that she had been hiking with six others. Horrified, the kayakers took Valia, Valentina, to the nearest police station where a report was filed. However, it wasn't until years later that she slowly became able to tell the story of what happened to the other six. But it was a perplexing and terrifying story. According to Valia, the group set off down the mountain after eating breakfast that morning. But after only a few minutes, the first disaster struck. Sasha, who was at the back of the group, began to scream. When everyone turned, they saw he was bleeding from his eyes and ears, frothing at the mouth. He fell to the ground, convulsing, and then went still. Ludmilla ran to him and ordered the rest of the group to continue. She was extremely distraught, trying in vain to get Sasha to gain consciousness. The remaining group did not get far before they heard Ludmilla crying out. As they turned and ran to her, they saw she was having the same symptoms as Sasha. Her eyes and nose were pouring blood, and she was frothing at the mouth. She convulsed and then collapsed on top of Sasha. Tatyana, who had gotten to Ludmilla first, was the next to collapse, grabbing at her throat as though she couldn't breathe. She slowly crawled over a nearby rock and bashed her head against it until she went limp. Victoria and Timur both ran while Dennis hid behind a rock. Valia stood, unable to move, having just watched three of her closest friends seemingly die within only a few minutes. Both Victoria and Timur collapsed while running and died in a similar manner, throwing up blood and clawing at their own throats, tearing their clothes off. Realizing they were the only ones left, Valia and Dennis ran to each other and hurried away from the sight of their friend's death. It wasn't long before Dennis collapsed, convulsing. Scared for her life, Valentina ran and left her friends behind. She only had a tent and the clothes on her back for supplies. Valia ran down the mountain until she was certain she was far enough away from the tragedy she had just witnessed. Under adequate tree cover, she set up a tent for the night and fell asleep. When she woke up and realized she was alive, Valia knew immediately that she would need supplies if she was going to survive alone in the wilderness. The problem was she'd have to return to the site of her friend's deaths to retrieve them. Knowing she had no other choice, Valia made the track back up the mountain, retracing her steps. When she reached the site, she knew that none of them had moved from the spots where they had fallen. 
Knowing they were all deceased, Valia quickly took the supplies she needed from their bodies and left, following power lines. Okay, hold on. So they, they're in the mountains. It's 1993. They're in the mountains. Now there's power lines. In the mountains. What? Maybe, okay, wait. If it's a popular tourist spot, then I guess they would put up power lines. But that doesn't, also doesn't make sense to me. Why would you just have random power lines up? How difficult can a hike be if you can put up power lines? I mean, it's difficult enough for like six people to die, I guess. For four days, she followed the power lines down the mountain, hoping someone would find her, until she found a river and began to follow that. By the end of the fourth day, she was found by the kayakers and brought to safety. And they were still in the short part of the hike when all of this happened. Despite the reports of police, no official search was conducted until the 24th of August. Since Valentina had not been able to recount her version of events yet, it took two days to find the bodies using helicopters. An autopsy report concluded that they had all died of hypothermia except for Ludmilla who had suffered a heart attack. They all had signs of bruised lungs and protein deficiency due to malnutrition. This was listed as a contributing factor to their deaths. The deaths were ultimately ruled to be accidental. Compared to the testimony of Valia, this ruling is strange and is central to many of the theories in this case. Let's get on to the theories. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know about you, okay? I don't know about you. I don't know about you. And this is, this is something that I think Pirate Turtle would have, uh, <laughs> would have argued with me. Uh, this is an X-File. This is a fucking X-File. This, this is not... This does not sound normal to me. The mysterious nature of this incident has rightfully caused many theories to be put forward by those who have researched it. As with any strange event, these theories range from aliens and the supernatural to actual scientifically valid explanations. These theories all have their strengths and weaknesses, and no one in particular fully explains this incident. But some have the potential to get closer or even overlap with each other. The hikers saw something they shouldn't have. This theory proposes that perhaps the hikers walked in on some sort of Russian military experiment in the mountains and were killed for what they saw. Their deaths were subsequently covered up by the police and medical examiner. It's true that the group had deviated from the usual route through the region, so it's possible that this change of plans led them to a group of experimenters that were not prepared for visitors. Despite this, there are two main problems with this theory. The location the hikers died in and Valentina's survival. The Kamar de Bon Mountains are a very public area with multiple groups of tourists traveling through at any given time in the summer. Siberia has many opportunities for secrecy, so it would be strange for a top secret experiment to be taking place in a public location during tourist season. In addition to this, the particular part of the mountain that the hikers died on was an open area visible from the air and from higher ground. It wouldn't make sense for a top-secret mission worth killing people over to be in this section of the Kamar de Bon Mountains, let alone the Kamar de Bon Mountains themselves. Then there's Valia. Why did she survive? It doesn't seem possible for her to have escaped. If you look at the geography of the location, there's nowhere to hide or run. It's all very open and flat. If you were to put this aside and assume that somehow she did survive, then why wasn't she silenced or killed by the military military? by the military afterwards. If she was forced to lie about what happened, she definitely didn't help calm suspicions about the incident. And if she hadn't been forced to keep the secret, then why was her story so wild? 
This is the main problem with the military experiment theory. A nerve gas. This is the one that I'm partial to. I'm kind of like, could be, many people have pointed out that the symptoms described by Valia are consistent with death by chemical weaponry, specifically nerve agents. The frothing at the mouth and convulsing in particular match death by a strong nerve agent. This death also matches with the autopsy results. Since contact with nerve agents can cause respiratory distress, the bruising of the lungs can be a sign of death by nerve gas. Cardiac arrest is also caused by nerve agents, which matches Ludmilla's death. The cause of death of the other hikers could very well be hypothermia, even if they were exposed to a nerve toxin, since they would have been knocked unconscious and fallen into a coma, and then ultimately succumb to exposure. There's also a, a theory that's been put forward by a YouTuber called Kadaba, and they propose that the specific nerve gas agent that killed the hikers may have been Novichok. Novichok gases are a class of nerve agents created by Soviet Russia up to 1993, which is the year of this incident. They are thought to be the deadliest nerve agents to exist, being 10 times more deadly than VX and 20 times more deadly than sarin. Novichok agents were reportedly tested in areas near the Kamar Daban region. Exposure to this gas caused a rapid death similar to what the hikers experienced. Both of these theories have issues. The first and the very common one with all of these is Valentina's survival. She was near most of her friends when they died and even went back to the location without suffering a similar fate. The second is that if no one was there to release the gas, where did it come from? That's that. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest one. There's a lot of research on nerve agents, which is honestly not something you expect to be uh, spending a weekend on, but there are a few interesting things. Nerve agents are soluble in water. They can take four months to evaporate. They're made of heavy particles that often float close to the ground, and the stronger ones can be hazardous in a location where they were used long after they were first released. This may seem completely random. Here's a theory. The rainstorm plays a very key part in this. The rain could have washed a very strong nerve agent like Novichok or VX that had been tested at four or five months prior at a more discreet site up the mountains, and it could have washed some of that haz hazardous agent down the mountain, so it didn't need to travel far. Sasha got unlucky, walked over a highly contaminated spot, causing almost instant symptoms. He then absorbed the toxin through his skin or breathed it in, and when Ludmilla ran over to him, was exposed to the same toxic location. Tatiana, Victoria, and Timur were the first to reach Ludmilla and then ran away. So that means that their deaths were a little bit delayed in this situation. And when Victoria removed herself from the epicenter of contamination... She also was then not exposed to those high levels of the toxin. However, if Victoria had not bit her and Valia had bent down to the ground, she may have been contaminated. Sasha got unlucky. Tatiana and Victoria and Timur just, let's say, got unlucky. Valia wasn't exposed. Um, and Dennis was also not impacted by high levels initially, but his decision to hide and crouch down might have been his downfall. Small levels of toxin could have been floating close to the ground, and he breathed them in. He was exposed to less than the others were, but ultimately enough to kill him. Russian police, suspecting that runoff from the test could be the cause of these deaths, waited to start their search in order to ensure that the agent had evaporated before sending in a recovery team. I don't know how possible this theory is, though. <laughs> like, it's, it's, uh, it's very, like I said, it's very X-Files. 
and you 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 ve- you're very much placing a lot of trust in the solubility of something like Novichok being there. Also, I don't know what the fallout of a nerve gas is. Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. When someone undergoes a traumatic experience, they often misremember aspects of the experience, especially when telling it years after, like Valia did. Certain parts of the story could have been exaggerated by Valia, by no fault of her own. The research surrounding the inaccurate nature of the eyewitness statements is extensive. Possible that the hikers died exactly how the autopsy report concluded they did. The group succumbed to hypothermia after not being properly sheltered that night and died together on the mountain. Valia could have survived by her decision to go into the forest, a difference in clothing, or, as she reported uh, in regards to her survival, her physical fitness. It should also be added that people who die from hypothermia often experience paradoxical undressing, where they strip off their clothes shortly before death. Because they get so cold, their body overcompensates and they actually feel super hot. It's the same thing as like, if you get if you go outside when it's really cold and then your body your body is like super warm to the touch you almost feel like you're burning it's it's that and paradoxical undressing is one of the theories behind um the Dyatlov pass incident as well which makes it that's where the tie comes in here this would be a valid explanation for hikers that are found partially undressed and dead So this theory cannot stand on its own, but it can also be applied to the other theories where it seems to be a missing piece in her testimony that doesn't match and could have been exaggerated. But it's impossible to tell how credible each piece of her story is. Okay, so one of the other theories is contaminated water. This theory also relies on the rainstorm bringing toxins down. The toxins would have evaporated, been in a cloud, down. But instead, it proposes that the hikers drank the toxins in their water, Lake Baikal, which sits above the mountains, is well known as a toxic waste dumping ground. If this water was washed downstream and into the water, the hikers could have accidentally drank some of those deadly toxins with their breakfast. The contaminant could have been one of those water-soluble nerve agents that was mentioned earlier. Valentina may have survived by drinking less or getting her water from a different location than the rest of the hikers. Most highly toxic substances take a few minutes to take effect, hence the hikers all dying later. Similar to the nerve agent theory, this toxin could have been could have incapacitated the hikers, causing them to die from hypothermia before they succumbed to the toxin itself. Depending on the toxin, it may not have been visible in a standard toxicology report. The problem with this theory is that the deaths were an isolated occurrence. If a water source used by many tourists was so badly contaminated, it doesn't make sense that only one group would be affected by it. The most popular theory okay and this is probably the theory that our channel is gonna you know because our channel loves a fucking story about mushrooms this is the only theory where valia is actually affected by what killed the hikers eliminating some of the questions around her seemingly being a total outlier compared to the other six ludmilla was known as a forager who taught the art to her students it's possible that one of the hikers found some mushrooms to add to their breakfast, which wasn't the correct variety. After eating their breakfast, the effects of the mushroom poisoning began to take hold as they were walking, causing them to hallucinate and be sick. Interestingly, a common hallucination caused by psilocybin is to see other people cry blood. Overdoses of psilocybin can cause psychosis, convulsions, cardiac arrest, and even send some into a coma. Once again, it's likely that these hikers died as a result of hypothermia due to being in an altered state, whether that was just tripping out or being in a coma. 
Valentina could have survived by eating less mushroom, having a tolerance, or even just a genetic disposition to being less affected, wearing warmer clothes, or by running to the forest and sheltering out of paranoia. This incident will forever be a mystery. It's now at the point where it will forever remain a mystery, and there are many interesting theories to consider that it's around it. There's a lot of YouTube videos about this one. Tragically, it's likely that many of the family of these hikers will never receive the closure in this case because there's no clear-cut explanation. We can only hope that one day, with better technology, answers can be recovered in this case. Until then, we only have questions. And that is the story of the Kamar Daban incident.